0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm very excited today to be joined by Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, certified divorce coach, I needed you, and author of Mom, along with Stepmom, and expert in epic back-to-school trips, and when it comes to varsity. So let's um, get into it. And co-parenting, right? So, Which is what I'm very interested in, particularly as well. So what is a divorce coach to start with?
0: I feel like there are so many coaches out there to help you through certain stages of your life. And I became a certified divorce specialist and co-parenting specialist when I realized I wanted to help women go through the divorce process. But it wasn't until... I saw the struggles that each woman from every corner of the earth, from all different backgrounds was having. And it was dealing with somebody who made their life miserable and trying to put their kids first in the process. That's when I realized that my divorce coaching really needed to focus heavily on helping women make the best decisions for their children in the divorce process, which is hard, as you know, because your emotions are all over the place and you're angry and you're sad. And, you're motivated and then you're angry again and so i coach women to help them see past all of the emotions that come up and all of the triggers that their ex-husbands may incite in them and make the best decisions for their children as they move into co-parenting
1: i mean do you feel because you just said that make the best decisions for the children like I kind of felt having now looked back and going for it because I've seen two, two types of women, one that does everything through a divorce for their children, kind of putting their own needs last, which kind of prolongs the agony. You're hiding a lot of these things from your children. And actually nobody's happy because the kids aren't right. idiots. You are, pro- you know, you're on pause and you're not really doing what you want to do and you're not really where you want need to be. And actually that part of the whole divorce process is worse than ending the marriage.
0: Yeah, I think I, I do see that a lot. And I do think in general, married or divorced, I think that there are women who lose themselves to motherhood and they they mask themselves in it so that they don't have to deal with other pressing issues. I think, you know, for a lot of us it, that, that happens. But I think actually for me personally, it was getting divorced that helped me take a step outside of motherhood, right? Like I, I have 50, 50 co-parenting. So I have 50% of my time without my child. I had two choices. I could sit there and wallow and how much it sucked to not have her, or I could fill that time doing things that made me feel great and, you know, date and, and get back to myself. And so I think that divorce actually offers you that opportunity. It, It is really a moment of reinvention. So I mean, to anybody who feels like they're lost and just trying to put their kids first, you have to remember that you're a human too. And part of getting divorced is so that you have that opportunity to fall in love with yourself again.
1: Well, I found that specifically as well. I was like, the most worrying thing was like waking up without the noise. I like the noise. You know, I have kids, dogs, everything like that. So the chaos kind of is what I thrive on. And that's what I really enjoyed. So I didn't know what that would be like, you know, to not have my kids with me, obviously at all. Yeah. But actually when push came to shove and they were gone, I was like, actually, this is great time for me. You know, I, I'd yeah. never had that time where it was like, it's forced upon you. First of all, it's not like, I mean, you know, anyone that's got loads of kids, it's not like they don't pick up the phone every two minutes, it's not that, that the organization and all that rubbish continues. But I had real time to sort of not feel guilty or just to sort of, I don't know, just it was the peace was quite nice. I just never had peace.
0: Yeah. And you don't realize how much you need it, especially when you're in the early stages of the divorce process, because it's so time consuming. It drains all your energy. You feel like you can't catch your breath. You're trying to just like live your life and parent your kids and getting emails from attorneys. And I always tell my clients, you have to lean into that time and not like go to clubs and like be your best self, like just sit in bed, do that. Cause how often do you get the opportunity to just be alone and be in the quiet. Like you said, like that's restorative in itself. I mean, I was,
1: you know, I always said the same thing to my girlfriends, like go out there, find out who you are because, you know, so much of your time is, you know, when you're young and you get married, you've already turned yourself into what you think a wife and a mother looks like and should Uh be. Yes. And that's not necessarily you because you're so busy keeping up with the Joneses. But now I think, you know, as as a divorcee and I'm, fully living my life by my rules, I feel like I'm exactly who I want to be right now.
0: Like I'm pissing off a lot of people,
1: but I don't care. That's the best part. But
0: that's the best part, Caroline. That is, I and, and you don't realize that until you have been in this situation that if you're going to live to make everybody else happy, you're probably going to wind up miserable and your marriage won't work out or something's got to give, right? And if you're, if you're happy and living your best life, like, someone's going to be mad at that. And that's fine with me because at the same time, you're teaching your kids a very important example, which is to prioritize yourself and stop pleasing everybody around you. And those who have a problem with it don't deserve a seat at this new table that you've created for yourself, right? Like you have, you have a problem with my happiness. You're not invited. Sorry. And that's kind of the attitude you have to take with the ex too, because I do find, you know, obviously I have
1: my kids 50% of the time too contrary to popular belief by people out there that don't see them on my Instagram and think I'm never with them. ridiculous. I know. But I do have them 50% of the time. And so what I do find hard is like, obviously you're divorced. So I don't like to be ruled by my ex on my kids either. So that's the only thing that kind of overlaps when you co-parent, getting told off still. I always find that when the kids are amazing, they're his, and when they're shit, they're mine. Um, Uh you know, it's always my fault that they're behaving that way, which is, you know, their kids, they're teens. I mean, they hate the world and they especially hate us. So right, that's life. And everybody else's kids are better than my kids. Apparently I find that part of co-parenting quite hard. Do you instill the same rules in both households? How do you do it?
0: No, I don't think that, I mean, in a perfect world, that would be great, but that's impossible. And I, I think what's been great for my daughter in my own personal experience is like, she was two when I got separated and she learned very early on that like daddy had his way and his style of doing things and mommy had hers and she actually enjoys like her two separate worlds. Her, her father and I are very collaborative co-parents and there are certain things that we see eye to eye on like overall values and we want her to be kind and respectful and do well in school. But, our lives are very different and she thrives on that. And so I always tell parents, and I wrote about this in my book, because you have so many battles you're gonna need to fight as a co-parent, you gotta realize which ones are worth picking. If you're mad because your ex is not putting your kids to bed at the same time you do, or maybe he does the homework after dinner instead of before dinner, and you're, you're like so freaked out by what this might mean for your kids, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Like, there's still gonna be capable thriving adults even if things aren't done exactly the same way in both homes. And children actually look forward to these differences because that's what they're able to connect with with the other parent, what makes them feel good, what what they can expect. So I just think if you're not going to do things the same way in both homes, at least be consistent with what you are doing so your children know what's expected of them and they know who they're coming to and and how things are going to be in the other house.
1: I mean, you know, I definitely agree with that. I try and I do try and sort of do as much as I can the same, but we have very different parenting styles and, you know, I'm a bit more, they would say chill, I guess. I'm quite relaxed and sort of um, less formal as a parent, which is funny because I was brought up in such a formal way. I thought Mm -hmm. I'd be much more formal, but no, I think because I was, I was brought up with nannies with gloves and things. So, you know, I think that I thought I'd be a very sort of strict, stern parent. And I'm just not. I'm really not. They, my kids know that they can get around me for anything, anything. <laughs> I'm the worst, the worst. I wish I and, and and sometimes I wish I wasn't like that. I do have to call my ex sometimes if they really won't listen to me. But, you know, in general, I do think it's nice to have some sort of form of communication that you know that basically things are happening the same way. But I don't think it's healthy to be in each other's lives too much, you know, I, no. and to be on it because you, it is important that the other person feels free. I, I, you know, you left somebody for a reason and, and normally it is a lack of communication or you disagree on these things. And so to be able to have the freedom to raise your children the way you'd like to without being told by the other parent is
0: quite freeing. It's freeing. And I think what happens for most women, all of the women that I work with, is you leave the marriage or the marriage leaves you and you're still stuck in this marital style of communication, which is like, I'm just going to say whatever I need to say to please him and keep the peace. So we don't fight. And I'm like, well, this is what changes too, because you might as well have stayed married. If you keep that same cycle of communication where you feel like you owe them an explanation or, you know, your ex texts you like, why did you take the kids to that event? I didn't want them to go there. And you're like, oh, well, I really thought they would enjoy it. And I'm sorry. No, I do that the whole
1: time. Uh, that's me. That's me. I, yes. I, so I, and I get so angry at myself for explaining myself. I'm like, why am I explaining myself? I'm not, I, right. I, I'm, we're divorced.
0: Right. You don't need the validation anymore. And, and you'll find that the more you share openly with your ex, the more open you are to criticism and negative feedback that you weren't looking for. So I always ask my clients like, why? There's nothing in your parenting plan or your divorce papers that say you must tell your ex everything you're doing with the kids. In fact, it's quite the opposite you're signing those papers and you're saying, I trust that this parent can parent our children on his, you know, making good decisions and I'm not going to meddle. And then yet we still feel this need to overexplain. And I think that's just rooted in, you know, the codependency we tend to build in marriage, but it's really freeing when you just don't answer that text. Like, why do I have to tell you why I decided to do this with my child? Cause I fucking felt like doing it. Like, that's why, you know, that's, not your not your problem, not your business. I still do that. I jump every time he texts,
1: and then I'm going, Mm-mm. you know, and I don't know why, because, and it's... But I and, think
0: that's, that's an indication, though, of how imbalanced the relationship was for you, right? Like, you lived in fear of your ex not being happy with you, I was, and now yeah. you're seeking that validation. Always trying to sort of please in different ways, but never
1: quite being able to, and I suppose now it's the same, but on steroids, because now he's got a reason to always go. This isn't right. You know, everything <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's down to silly things, isn't it? Like when you, you know, you forget as women, we could tend to take on everything for the kids. So, you know, dentists, eyesight, you know, eye appointments I don't know, doctors, whatever it is,
0: extracurricular activities, yes. homework, class yes. projects, you know, uniform buying, like all of it, all of it. We, we do
1: all of it, all of it. Plus we go to work. Plus we have to, you know, I, I even, you know, try and buy the clothes for his house and my house so that they have it. Plus my housekeepers tell his housekeepers what are at his house so that then they take a photograph of it. So it comes back to my house that Mm -hmm. my people do. So it's like, I mean, the extra work of what we do so that he can co-parent the kids in such a sort of organized they literally turn up with their bags and then everything's done and all the all the yeah. all the ferrying around is done in my time
0: i mean but that's like i feel like the greatest gift we can give to both our children and to our ex-spouses because i mean if you think about like dad's single parenting it's got to be rough for them like hats off to my ex because he has been single parenting our daughter since she was two in diapers. And I, I know that had to be really hard. And so I'm, I'm more of the type that I want to give my empathy, you know, where some of my clients will be like, Oh, I feel like I'm always like helping him out. And I'm like, yeah, but you're really doing it for your children. You know, like you want your children to have what they need when they need it, no matter whose home they're in. It's not about helping your ex. It's about helping your kids. And I feel you know, I always joke on social media that I'm like the co-parenting Uber taxi because I'm driving a uniform or a notebook or like I'm constantly bringing things or picking things up, but I would be doing it anyway. no matter what, you know? So it it's it's always to help the kids, I think.
1: It is. and um, But that's why I think, and we like to do it. Like I like to do it. I couldn't hand it over to him anyway because I like to do it my way. I like to know which doctor they're going to. I like to know they've gone. I like to know all mm-hmm. of this stuff. Um, um, and I'm a control freak, I suppose. So there you go. So now I know same. it's in the diary, but at the same time, I would just love once just, you know, them just to understand that we've done that. So when, you know, maybe something slips through the crack and hasn't been done, or, you know, I don't know, the kids are acting up that it's not always like everything's shit. Well, actually, you know, we did it. We've been pretty good. So I think, you know, but I mean, I think co-parenting, it, it also depends on the week, doesn't it? Somebody can have a hangover yeah. or somebody's got a bad day and then you've got to remember too, you know, that some of the mood that's coming through a text to you may not be down to you and the kids. And that's hard right. to do when you're married. If you've been married for a long time and you're divorced, You 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 know, you can kind of feel it. You can see when someone's, you know, you're not going to get through to them. It's, it's it's just a shit day.
0: Right. And, and you can tell by their tone whether or not it's worth even responding and trying because, you know, again, from the male perspective, it's like you were always there at one point for him to dump his stuff on, right? Like he came home from work and had a bad day. You either got the cold shoulder or an attitude or whatever. Like that cycle hasn't stopped for him, it sounds like. So it's only natural. But That's the power in putting your phone down and walking away. I always say, mute that mofo. If you don't have a need to communicate with him about the kids, if it's not about what time are we picking up, dropping off, or who forgot their folder, there's no reason that you're responding to those messages when they come in.
1: I agree, and I've got better at like I don't let it affect me at all. And sometimes we have really nice conversations, and then sometimes you don't. But Mm -hmm. um, in general, I've learned just you know exactly that. You don't owe an explanation to anyone. I'm an adult. And I think that was, for me, part of the reason to get divorced as well, by the way. At 46, I want to make my own decisions in life. Right. You know, and a lot of people lose that ability in a marriage. I don't want to ask permission. Having said that, I'm now in another relationship. And of course, slowly, slowly, these things happen again, don't they? Where you sort of but with more communication, I'm very lucky we communicate a lot, but the patterns of like seeking approval or asking someone's permission comes back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like, cause I'm remarried too. I knew I couldn't be with somebody. I like you. I think I've, I have a very strong personality. Like if I, if I'm mad about something, like it, the thoughts escape my mouth before I've even thought about them. Like I'm, I'm a housewife. I what do you I, think?
1: Everything comes out of my mouth.
0: And I I needed to be with somebody who could not throw that back at me. You know, like my ex and I, personality-wise, were not good because it was like fire with fire. But my new husband, I think he appreciates and respects that I am the way I am and is not going to make me feel bad about it. But I couldn't be with somebody who didn't communicate. Like, I, and that was the beauty of like, the second time around is you're, you're picking somebody for the woman you've become, not for like the little 21 year old girl, you, you know, just looking for a husband that's good on paper. Now you're looking for everything else, right? Like who's going to make me feel great emotionally fulfilled. Who's going to respect me. Who's going to help me pursue my dreams and my career path instead of making me feel selfish for choosing that. So, I mean, second time around is different in so many good ways, but yeah, you have to, not fall back into the same patterns. I don't think you will, though. I don't think I
1: will. Look, there's difference. I mean, you know, the thing is, I, I married a guy tw- in his 20s. So, you know, again, he's learning, right? I'm at the other side of it. So, you you're know, you're training him how you want him. I'm training him. And he's amazing because actually he is someone that w- wears his heart on his sleeves. We talk about everything and nothing's off limits. And I, I, you know, I can tell him exactly how I feel. But then sometimes, you know, West, I'm more relaxed about life. He's a little bit more needy. But it's, you know, we're breaking that down. But that's just confidence. And that's just age. And that's just, you know, he just and he's in love. He wants to stay with me. So that's, you know, it's not a bad thing either. He's just leaving now on his first, you know, four days for a business trip. And we're like, we haven't been apart. Aww. But, um, you know, I think you're right. I think but when, when you start a relationship in your 20s, you know, you don't find that voice because you're so eager to please the man just to get married because
0: it's all you want to do. That's the
1: end game to get the guy to marry you. So you just go, yes, yes, yes.
0: It's so pathetic. Like, I just remember thinking, you know, when is this person going to propose versus like, okay, what will that proposition mean? Like, am I going to be able to be in a long-term relationship with this? I, I didn't think of any of those things the first time around. I just wanted to catch up to all my friends everybody was already settled down. I felt like I was late to the game and I hadn't done the work on myself yet. I, I came into the marriage incredibly toxic and unhealed and all of that. And getting married really shone a light on all that for me. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's not just about landing the guy. It's about making sure you can live with this person day in and day out, and you're healthy enough to sustain that kind of relationship.
1: Let's take a little break from the episode because I need to tell you again about my favorite bedding, bathroom and home loungewear brand. As you all know, it's Cozy Earth. They develop high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth so that you can get the restorative sleep you need to create your sanctuary and recharge in the comfort of your own home. You can literally feel the quality of their goods in your sleep. I truly think that sheets can make a huge difference in your sleep quality. And this is why I trust Cozy Earth. Another reason, obviously, they're number one in customer satisfaction. And that's because they have a 10-year, yes, 10-year warranty on all their products. Not only is this great in case something rips or tears, because obviously they know how durable and how amazing these sheets are and they know that they'll last 10 years and more. Cozy Earth also offers a 100 night sleep test. That means you can try it for 100 nights and if you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. This is one of my favorite things about Cozy Earth because they truly care about customer satisfaction, which is so important for any brand. The sheets come in five different colors, white, light gray, driftwood, charcoal and oat. I know I said last time that my favorite color for the sheets was oat, but I must say that now I'm kind of tied because I think charcoal might now be my new favorite. I feel like I sleep deeper in the darker color and it might just be in my head, but I feel it's so comfy in this color too. And that's to be expected of course, because cozy earth is softer than cotton. One of the most important aspects to me is the way the sheets are temperature regulating, which is truly amazing, especially as I live in the Middle East and I need to be cool and cozy all night long. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today: 35% off site-wide when you go to cozyearth.com and use the code DND. That's cozyearth.com. Use code DND for 35% off site-wide don't we just love it? Now let's get back to the show.
0: Hi guys, I'm Teresa Judice, and you know me from the Real Housewives in New Jersey. And now you'll know me from my new podcast, Namaste Bitches, with my co-host, Melissa Feaster. What's up, you guys? I'm Melissa Feaster and Teresa and I are talking about everything. Love, life, relationships, yes, sex, food and family. We are getting into it all. It's a real look at my life when the cameras aren't rolling. But don't worry, we'll be talking about all that TV stuff too. So follow, rate, and review Namaste Bitches now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And I think you're right. Choosing the man the second time around, there's something quite special about that. I certainly didn't foresee getting married so fast or I wasn't in a hurry for it. But, you know, I think also knowing that you've you found the right one, right? Because everyone's like, how do you know? How do you know? Well, you don't know. You don't know. But there are certain steps. I think, you know, having been married before, you you both have prenups, right? I think mm-hmm. you don't want to overthink things. I think you you set yourself up financially, both of you, that if anything goes wrong again, that you're both okay. Therefore, when you have Mm -hmm. these grown up conversations that you don't have in your twenties, you both know that you're there for the right reasons. You're not stuck. You don't feel like, well, I can't leave. I hate, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, all of these things. And so it makes for a much more honest relationship, I think.
0: Yeah. I feel the same exact way. The intentions are so different. So we're together because we want to be not because either one of us felt like we had to get married because my biological clock was ticking. Like, Yeah, I've got kids. We're just in it because we love each other. We enjoy being together.
1: Same thing. And I think that was also because of the age difference. So many people are like, oh, my God, did you get a prenup? Did you get a pre- prenup? And um, I did, but not for those reasons. They're all. It was all sort of like half of a snigger. We got one for very different reasons. One is even I wanted him to have one for his freedom, too, so that, you know, he knew where he was and i knew where i am and the kids my kids and anything that i you know got before were going to my kids and there would be no fight right that's
0: that's the most critical part of a prenup or postnup i think in yes. a second marriage is you've now worked you've earned you've inherited whatever the case may be and you have children to worry about long term when you're not here anymore and i think even if you you know i think the biggest misconception about prenups is you have to have you know millions and trillions of dollars in order to like qualify for one even if you have a small savings account that like you know you only want your kids to touch that, put it on paper. And if anybody's offended by it, then you need to like rethink who you're with, but prenups are so important.
1: So important. And actually it as I said, I think it bonds you. It doesn't do the other. The only thing it, if it upsets you if you're, you know, uh, if you're in it for the wrong reasons. You know, yeah. if you can't literally say, I mean, I went down to my my Birkin bags. I was like, I want Yasmin to have those. You know, my jewelry. Yeah. I, I kind of used it as a whole, like everyone's going to have this. It was like a will as well, in a way. And also, yeah, you know, and it takes
0: a lot of pressure off of you instead of like living in a marriage with somebody where you're wondering, does this person want to take me for everything I have? Or what would happen if I leave? I don't want to find out, you know, what would and happen? that's off the table.
1: Yeah. What would happen? And I think that that's really, really key because again, nothing will happen. Absolutely nothing. Right. And that's what I think people don't understand, you know, when they see these relationships or my relationship in particular, and they go, okay, well, you know, it doesn't make sense to them, but it makes sense to us. And, you know, we have, we have one of the most mature relationships I've, I've seen because we, we did all that. We've done all that. We don't, you know, he's not running off with everything I've ever earned for if, if, if something terrible happened. And I just, I, you know, I, I, I just love that part of it. I, mean, I think the other thing that is important, or w- w- the second time round, is it's just I think we know we're more romantic because yes, you know I think when you're in your twenties and when you start sleeping with your then husband, you know you don't know anything, or you're like you know you're meant to just do missionary, aren't you? And then when you get to your second, by then you're like okay, you've hit your sexual peak and you're kind of finding your stride and you know what life's all about.
0: Yeah. No. And, and I think also when you are not desperate to to make a baby, like some of us are in our first marriages and we're just like on that baby train and we're popping out kids and we're like really on autopilot and sex is more just like either you feel like you owe it to your husband or you feel guilty if you don't do it, or you just, you're trying to, you know, hit the right cycle when you're ovulating. It, it takes some of the fun out of it. And, you know, I'm sure like you know, the fact that you don't have your kids 100% of the time gives you more sexy time. You know, like when my daughter's here, I'm not ripping off my husband's pants. Um, when she's not, though, that's a different story. And I have 50% of that time. I think
1: those kind of things are important because you find your voice. I just think you find your mm-hmm. voice everywhere. There are some things that my, my new husband knows from my relationship before I will not accept going forward. I have a particular thing of being told, no, I can't do if I'm told, no, I'm going to do it, whether I want to do it or not. And it's just in me. And I think that things and that's what's so great now that life is just totally on my terms. I can be selfish as
0: fuck. And I love it. I love that for you. I I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat. It's really a beautiful thing. So what other advice would you give to, to, to
1: um, people going through a divorce and co-parenting and all of the above?
0: If you're going through a divorce with children, remember that your emotions and your feelings about your ex are your own. They don't have to be your child's. Like your child is not meant or responsible for or even equipped to carry the weight of your emotions in the divorce process. I see this happening so much and it's really sad. I think the other thing to remember is even if your kids are young... And you've done 99.9% of the parenting and child rearing and feeding and diaper changing. That doesn't mean your ex can't be a good parent. That just means I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. So I think it's you owe it to your children and to the person you brought a child into this world with to give them the opportunity. I always love the expression. You got to give them rope. If they hang themselves, they hang themselves. But if they know they want to take care of their children, they're going to find a way to do it. And I, I'm proud of myself for giving up that sense of control, which was really hard to do and letting my ex just step into his role as a dad because his bond with my daughter is quite possibly the best thing ever. And I didn't have that with my father. So I'm really, really passionate about moms giving their exes a chance, even if they hate them. That doesn't mean their kids will too.
1: I actually think that's really important because I think a lot of mums forget that with dads and they want them to be them and they're so used to doing everything perfectly. It's okay. Children are okay. You know, they don't have to be dressed perfectly. They don't have to be fed on time. All of these things, being imperfect with a child is fine. We all survive and we survive well. And actually, I think it's quite, as you said, it's quite nice for them because they learn. And, you know, they may not do it as well as you do, but they're doing it. And I think yeah. you have to give them credit for that because it it's, it isn't easy.
0: If you're going through it and you're starting to co-parent, give it a year. Like let your ex experience all four seasons with the kids. Let them try things their way. Let the kids get comfortable in dad's house, doing things his way. And then in a year, if you see that, like, this person can't freaking do it. Then you have a different conversation. But I promise you a year from now, if you take your hands off a little bit and let the other parent do what they got to do in their way, you'll be very surprised. I mean, I think, you know, look,
1: co-parenting is there's no rule book. It's the same as it's the same as divorce. There's, you know, everybody's divorce is different. Everybody's co-parenting style is different. We're all different as humans. So, you know, none of us are the same. We're not going to get it right all the time. Even if you are, you know, you think you're perfect. It's difficult. How do you manage with sort of school days and all of this with him? Does he do the homework? Like, how do you how do you do all this with with your ex?
0: So we have a two two three schedule. three schedule. What? Um, and <laughs> two days on, two days off. Like I have her two days. Then he has her two days. Then whoever has the weekend gets three days. And then it flips the next week. So like this week I have Bella Monday and Tuesday night. He has her Wednesday and Thursday night. Then I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Isn't that too, next week?
1: Too much moving for her? That's interesting.
0: Yeah. But that's that's like the 50-50 split that made the most sense. I think I do we were one very week one sh- week. We were very short-sighted because Bella was so young when we split. She was in diapers. She was a baby in a crib. And we thought I mean, the research shows that for children under five, the two, two, three schedule is the healthiest because they're not away from either parent for too long. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have the insight that I have now to see that once she became like a school aged child, it's a lot of back and forth, but thank God my ex lives less than a mile away. He's closer to the school than I am actually, but we're both super flexible. I obviously work from home. He can work from home if he needs to most days. I will pick her up because of his work schedule and I do homework with her and then he'll get her from there. But in the last year or so, he's been able to pick her up more and I think it's been more helpful. In the beginning, I wanted to be the one who always picked her up and always did the homework with her and I needed to see what was in the folder and I needed to know. And like, I am exhausted, man. Like I've given up some of that control because number one, like he's a stickler for homework. He's gonna make sure she gets it done. And I think it's great that she has the opportunity to have him help her. So I'm not the constant homework police, you know, like I'm the one on top of her breathing down her neck about reading another five pages. So we really do share it in that sense. And I know that that's really scary for moms. Every mom I work with wants to put in the parenting plan that they're going to pick up their kid from school every day, no matter what. I think it's helpful when they're really young. I think at a certain age, if you want to foster your child's independence and give yourself a break, you can, you can let dad take over the homework.
1: Yeah, I do. So we do one week, one week. And then during the summer, But that's
0: perfect for kids your age. Yes, I think.
1: Yeah. Then we do for the summer holidays, um, because we travel,
0: we do one month, one month and that's, yeah. So yeah. And you know, every family is different. I think what works for one family is not going to work for another. That's really important to remember just because, you know, your best friend got divorced a few years ago and Her schedule works for her. doesn't mean it might work for you. That's why you have to be really careful where you take advice from and consider working with a a coach or a co-parenting specialist who can help you make the best decisions for your kids and your family based off of, you know, your your work schedules or your travel schedules. Or if you have children from a new marriage, like what does that look like for your kids? There's so many factors that go into it.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask. So, Are you going to have more children with your new husband now?
0: No, I am not. He has a daughter of his own. Oh, perfect. And I have mine. And I think in the beginning when we met, we were like all in love. We were like, yeah, we're going to make a baby. And we had like a name picked out. And then we all moved in together and we were like, this is pretty great as it is. Like, I just don't think either one of us really felt that pull. And also, I don't know that I could handle a new baby and co-parenting. Like, I am a 200% parent 50% of the time, but I'm always caught up in my daughter's life. Like, I just don't know how I would do it and build my business and go on media tours and do this book thing. Like there's, there's a lot and I like my career. So I I don't know. I think at some point you got to realize how much you can handle.
1: Well, how about you? I mean, Sergio wants a baby. We've got one on, on the, on ice. Um, I do, I'd, I'd love to have a baby with him, but then, then my house is such chaos. I would like, I, I want, I'm conflicted because I want his baby. Like I want a mini Sergio and mine, right? But I've got so many behind me and like together, you know, he, he's amazing with them, like amazing. He goes to pick them up. He goes to training with them. Like he loves being with my kids. And they, you know, they call him 56 times a day to do stuff. So it's great. That's so he, amazing. Yeah. He does have that relationship with them now. And the thing is, my kids are persistent. Like they'll be like, they'll be like, Sergio, 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 pick up the phone. And his phone will just go ding, ding, ding. And I start laughing, going, are you sure? Because we have such a great life outside of the children. When, when they're gone, we have a great life. And we have a great life with them. And I'm like, you really right. want to do this again? And then I, I mean, I did offer him a puppy. I offered him a monkey. I was like, <laughs> I was like, anything. Small pony. Small pony. Anything. He's still on the baby, I think. I dear, is he in here somewhere? I think he might be there listening um I think he's still quite keen on a baby but like I it's so difficult to me because second time round, I do feel I'm 46 I'm quite relaxed I'm just we're building this beautiful home together that maybe it would be just so lovely to do it together and then on the other hand I'm yeah. scared because really my issues with my husband started happening when I got pregnant because I just think you there's just so much you, I did I did IVF so the back and forth to the clinics and then you know, I was building a business and I was just so busy all the time. And it, I wasn't the most maternal human. And what if, you know, um, and I'm quite selfish and, you know, and and my kids
0: are getting to that age where they're going to be out soon and then we're free right. again. You don't want to throw off the balance that you work so hard to create, right? Like I know for my husband and I, like we put our asses and our hearts and our souls into blending this family and making the girls feel healthy and whole and like we feel like any more would tip the scales, but I can understand from Sergio's perspective because he doesn't have children of his own. So maybe you gotta,
1: and you know at that, maybe point, you gotta defrost that baby. He's you know he's twenty. Wait, well, he's twenty eight now. That and this this month, can you believe it? And it's ridiculous. Anyway, but you know if if he's gonna need to have a baby, he's going to. I, yeah. mean, I don't have many years left in me. Let's face it. So I don't know.
0: Watch this space. Well. I think that whatever decision you make, you'd handle like a champ. I've seen you in action for years now. So thank you. I remember you from Ladies of London. I'm like, this one is the only one worth watching. You were my favorite, favorite.
1: Thank you so much. That means a lot. But,
0: you know, from the viewer's perspective, how you've changed, how much freer and like lighthearted and no offense, more like fun and fuck it you've become since... Ladies of London, right? Because now you are doing you on your terms and I love to see it. It's so funny because I do see clips of Les-
1: Ladies of London. Can you believe I've only watched it once? So I should probably <laughs> go back and watch it. People think when you're on TV that all you do is go back and watch yourself. You really don't. I don't like watching it because it doesn't even feel like me, but I did see a couple of clips and you know, I look at myself and I was so stiff and so like prim and proper. And now you're, you're right. I'm on, I mean, I was laughing. I was in Bali on the back of a motorcycle with Sergio going across town. And I was peeing my pants going, can you imagine what my kids must think? Looking on, <laughs> right. looking on Instagram going, mom, mom's gone mad. She's driving across Bali on a motorcycle <laughs> with a 28-year-old husband. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm like, guys, it's
0: not lost on me. I see it. I know it's
1: fucking ridiculous.
0: But you're enjoying yourself. And what a great experience for them to have a happy mom. I say it all the time on social media, your children need a happy mom, not a married mom. That goes a lot further than your marital status, right?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, it really was. And I think that that's, you know, the life in me and the, the fun I have and with him outweighs anything and i said you know and 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 that's why my kids are so good with him you know obviously the beginning when you're blending a family everyone said you made it look so easy it was not easy no and, it's not easy. you know when your kids when you get a lot of jokes about your husband's age we had to go through so many things obviously and my children are at that age you know my daughter's 16 so it's not like all these jokes weren't lost on you know we lost on her she got it got them all but she does you know she does she really loves him it's lovely
0: that's really nice.
1: You're lucky. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It has of been course. fascinating because it is such a topic. Well, it's a, it's the topic everybody asks me. Um yeah. how to co-parent, how to get through a divorce. It's not easy. I think, you know, if you want to finish off with your last bit of advice to everyone listening out there, what would it be?
0: I mean, my last bit of advice really lies in the title of this podcast. I know I, I always say it to women. You are divorced. You're not dead. And life can go on. It's just a matter of your perspective and how you choose to tackle this new adventure. Um, Take it in bits and pieces. Allow yourself to feel the feelings and remember that your kids deserve a happy mom more than they deserve a married mom. Oh,
1: thank you so much. That's um, more than true. It's been amazing having you. Thank you. So nice
0: chatting with you. Thank you.